morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, allowed to transform our lives. That's why we always get in the Word. Never just to know, but always to be doers of the Word. That's where life change happens. That's what God wants us to do. He wants our beliefs to affect our behavior. So that's why we come here every day, get in the Word of God, talk about it, pray over it, and always try and be inspired to say, how do I apply it? This week, we're talking about the idea of giving to Christian organizations, charitable organizations, churches, etc., and how to give wisely and strategically. This is big business in our country, big business in America, obviously. There's a lot of money involved in nonprofit organizations, charitable organizations, and of course, there's, um, uh, and it's not inappropriate that there is by any means, but what it means is we want to make sure that we give strategically, wisely, biblically, and that we're careful not just to be um, manipulated into giving to those that have the slick marketing campaigns, okay? So we're talking about who to give to. And again, in full disclosure, TSCM, our organization, is a charitable donation, a charitable organization, and we count on ministry partners who will give donations so that we're able to continue functioning ourselves. And so some of what I'm talking about in strategically giving, well, let's be honest, it's directing towards what we do, because I think what we do is strategic. We've talked about how we emphasize the gospel, and a lot of organizations don't, and we believe the gospel is the answer. We've talked about how we take the gospel to the people instead of simply expecting them to come to us. Somehow, in the Christian world, it's we've changed into our thinking of we're just going to be stagnant and shine and expect unbelievers to come to us, whereas the Scripture really teaches we're to go to them. Just like Jesus, he came to us. He left heaven and came to us to seek and to save the lost. We should be doing that as well, going into the highways, byways, compelling to people to come in. That's what we talked about yesterday. Today, I want to talk about reaching the youth and how important that is. Um, there are a lot of ministries that focus on reaching the youth. One reason is, is because youth tend to be the most responsive to the gospel. And when they're really young, they're the easiest, like the, the child fellowship and the uh, evangelism, child evangelism fellowship. Some of these groups that focus on elementary age, vacation Bible school age, and so on, they're some of the easiest to reach, and they are some of the op- most open receptive, and we applaud their work. We focus on the college age for a number of reasons, but when I was young, as a young Christian teenager, I read a, one of the books I read, is a little pamphlet by a guy named William McDonald called Think of Your Future. Boy, it had a mighty effect upon my life. The reason Think of Your Future was written was to challenge young people to really give their all to the Lord in their youth. There is often a mentality of, I need to work get my career established, get my family established, get my money together, and after I've earned enough money and, and the company doesn't need me anymore or I'm, I'm kind of given my life to that, that now it's time to think of how I can serve the Lord in my retirement. Now, I know there's a lot of people who are faithful uh, participants in this Bible study, and, and in your life, you know, you have faithfully supported, and you've faithfully given, and you've faithfully worked, and God has blessed you and used you in your, in your uh, occupation, in your career, to do good. 
And I applaud that, and, and, I, and I applaud your efforts and your generosity, your giving, and your witness, and your bringing Christ into the workplace, as I know you've done. In my case, Think Your Future had a big impact upon me to serve the Lord and to, and to believe that God wants me to go into ministry as a youth. And I often quote this verse on campus, or at least part of it. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 is an important verse. Look at it here. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no delight in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the sun. He goes on to talk about basically when you're older, you can't see as well, your body aches, you're hurting, your shoulders are stooped, your knees are wobbly, your, your eyes are dim. Uh, life is harder because of your aches and pains and worries and troubles and problems that come with old age. And I think what he's saying is in youth, there's an idealism, there's an energy, there's, a, there's an ability here that, we, that God is saying, remember that. Remember God in the best days of your life. And this is why we focus on the youth, because we want, that we want people not to, not to have this idea, when I get old, can I convert on my deathbed? I get asked that almost every day. When I'm on campus, I'm regularly asked, well, is it okay if I sin now and I can just convert on my deathbed, right? And I'll still go to heaven? And they miss the whole idea that we remember our creator in our youth when we have the best to give him, when we have the energy and the strength and the, and the faith and the idealism, and we have the availability. We haven't gotten into the, we haven't made financial decisions that are sometimes 30-year commitments. We haven't made career decisions that are 40, 50-year commitments. We haven't made, gotten married yet, which is a lifelong commitment. And so sometimes when, when these people in their youth and the college age, they're deciding, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to, who am I going to marry? What are my basic values? They're out of the, they're out of the high school, they're out of the home, and they're making these decisions. We think it's such a ripe time to help people say, bring Christ into this. Remember your creator. And these days, remember what he says, die to yourself and live for Christ at this fork in the road, important juncture of life. Now, obviously reaching youth, it's got its problems too. It's got its problems. I mean, youth can be I've got the problems. We just got a lot of problems. They can be irritating. They can think they know it all. They can be arrogant. They can be disrespectful. There can be a generation gap, particularly in our country, that's very uh, hard to deal with. There can be disrespect. They again, there can be some of this pride, and that's why Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, he told him this: "Let no one look down on your youthfulness." Young people often say, well, you old people, you know, you, you boomers or whatever, you don't respect us. Well, Paul told the young people. He told young Timothy, don't demand that you be respected. Don't just think you're entitled to that, but rather by speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. I remember when I first became, it was working into Christian leadership myself, I was only 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. I became a pastor in my church in, at age 21. And it was, I often felt inferior. I often felt like, boy, the older people looking down on me. And I was committed. I need to show myself an example by my, my speech, the way I talk, my conduct, my love, my faith, my purity. I need to win their respect. 
And if you're a young person watching this today, you need to win respect, not by thinking you're entitled to it just by taking up space or, or having a beating heart, but you win the respect by showing yourself an example of a believer. And this is what we want to do. Now, I want to stress here why we focus on the youth. God has used the youth. God gripped my heart as a young person. We tend to, we tend to be excited about when, how God first gripped us. If you came to Christ older in life, you may be more excited about reaching people at that age. And, I, and again, I know there's good people on our, on our group here that have come to Christ. God has gripped your life at different stages and so on. But I've always been impressed in Scripture how God worked amongst young people and how God worked myself and many of the pastors I know, many of the full-time gospel workers. He kind of got hold of us and gave us a call in life right when we were at this tender age uh, of, of deciding what I'm going to do with my life uh, in the late teens, early 20s age. But look at the people in Scripture who God used in their youth. David was just a youth when he slayed Goliath. When he was called, he was out tending the sheep, just a youth. Joshua, it points out that he was a young man. It says this, Joshua, the son of Nun, was a young man as he attended Moses, learned from Moses, grew, and he was the one who led the people into the promised land. Elihu, you say, who's that? Well, when Job's friends came and were reproving him and trying to figure out why he's going through the suffering, Elihu did not speak. And he says in, in Job, he says, I was a young man, and so I, I held my tongue, but I can't agree with all this reproof you're giving to Job. I think you guys are missing it. And Elihu spoke a great deal of wisdom, even though he's a young man, and he had bit his tongue and, and waited his turn to speak. Gideon didn't think he could deliver the Israelites from the Midianites because he said, I'm just a young man. I'm the youngest. How can I do this? Uh, Jeremiah, God reminded him, do not say to me, I am but a youth. Jeremiah was called by God and he was, and he was trying to get out of it. God says, don't tell me you're but a youth. I have called you. I've set you apart from your mother's womb. You're to be mine. John the Baptist, he was rebuking those Pharisees by, by age 30. He was in his twenties when God was using him to rock and rock Israel, and to repair the way for the Messiah. Uh, Timothy, we just read, when Paul was, uh, Paul was about to finish his course and handing over his leadership responsibilities, he had, he was, it was Timothy he was handing him to, and Timothy, a young man, don't let anyone look down on your youthfulness. You lead like you're supposed to. He was a young man. The disciples, Jesus, of course, was only 20, or excuse me, 30 when he entered his ministry. Most likely, his disciples were younger than him. We don't know that for sure, but some of them lived quite towards the end of the century and, and very likely were men in their late teens or 20s who were the disciples that Jesus called into to be his followers. This is what we believe is important. Now, I want to say one thing because we are talking here today and this week about financial support. There's a lot of opportunities with young people. They are the ones I believe will be the, the future they are, if, if there's no young people in your church, you look around, if there are not teenagers that are excited about Jesus, not just coming because they have to, but they're excited about Jesus, or college-age students, or young couples, your church is in trouble. Your church may be dying slowly, and you don't even realize it. The young people are our future. From the young people are the ones God is most likely to call people who make their career or their calling in life to be leaders in the church. They're uh, to be gospel workers out in evangelism, missionaries to the foreign field, 
I know God calls people later in life as well. And some of you may later in your life, sometimes after retirement, we live another 20, 30 years. But a lot of these young people, they bring that energy, they bring that availability, they bring that, that time to, to, uh, to serve the Lord. And of course, the devil knows this. This is why I think the devil has so targeted the universities of America, where people from, come from all over the world, international students, and the people who want to make a difference and be leaders in the future, they're going to the universities in America. And the devil knows this. This is why the, the universities have become one of the most hostile places anywhere to the Christian faith, hostile to our faith because of inroads the enemy has made. Well, we fight the good fight there, and we realize this, though, and I want you to realize whether it's me, TSCM, or any other campus missionary you know, young people don't have a lot of money. They just don't. They're starting their career. A lot of them are in debt. People say to me on campus, Tom, you, you know, you're just after our money. And I said, well, if I was after your money, I wouldn't be coming here. That's for sure. Because you people don't have money. You're in debt. And a lot of them are going to be in debt for a long time. I used to hope and expect that people get out of college, get a career, and then they could support our ministry right away. Well, a lot of them have significant debt. They're delaying buying houses, delaying having families because this college debt issue has become such a, a, a millstone around their neck. I might advise you, try and avoid it as, as best you can. But that's why we, we uh, the model we follow is that people who are able, many people are older, many people whose children really suffered their faith suffered in college, and they want now to support what we're doing because they don't want that to happen to other kids. And so that's why principle number three, I say support those who are pro going after the youth, trying to win the youth, because this is our future. This is where our workers are going to come from. This is where people are making lifelong decisions. This is where people are unlikely to change and convert. If they get out of college, the statistics show that it's it's rare that people convert. Again, I know some here have, some of faithful people on this channel have, but it's not common to convert and become a faithful follower of Christ unless you do it before you leave college. I would even say before your second year of college these days because it's such a hostile environment. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray today for the youth of our country. Oh, we need a revival, Father. We need a revival, they, it, and we're losing them in the droves and droves. They're, they're rejecting the faith. They're, they're embracing uh, sinful lifestyles and sinful beliefs. And, they, and, and Lord, there's so few who are fighting the fight, who are defending the faith, who are giving a reason to believe, who are speaking like the prophets of old, challenging people, forsake your idols and live for Jesus Christ. Remember your creator in your youth. So if you're doing that, I pray, oh God, raise up an army of people who will do this. Raise up campus preachers. Raise up evangelists. Raise up those who will disciple the youth. Raise up those who will love the youth, who will speak to them, who will engage with them, who will answer their questions, who will be there for them, who will protect them. And oh God, move amongst the young people in our country, we pray. We ask, Father, in, the, in our churches, that our churches have vibrant uh, disciples in this Teen, late teen and early 20 age. There'd be vibrant ministries to single people before they're married. And, and uh, they, people would be finding their spouses in their churches and running and uniting with like-minded people. Lord, we pray for this. We ask you this, this week as we're talking about money, I ask, Father, that those who are engaged in reaching the young people, you would provide abundantly for them. 
Lord, I pray they'd not be just having to slip by on a shoestring and just barely making ends meet. Provide abundantly, and might they use those resources to reach others for Christ. We pray this and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, and I don't want to be remiss in thanking so many of you who I know are of an older age and have moved on in life, and now you've some of your best earning years or your, 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 some of your empty nesters like Roz and I are, you know, we're probably making more than I've ever made, but we don't have all these expenses of, of our, we had five children and there's all their needs. And so it's a time that some of us can be extra generous. We really like to be. And I'm grateful for those of you who are generous with us in supporting our ministry. If you want to know how to do that, you just uh, go online to our website, tomthepreacher.com. Up the top, it'll say donate or support, something of that nature. And you can respond there online or write to us at our P.O. Box 224, Worthington, Ohio, 43085. Just Tom Short Campus Ministries. Hey, I love you guys. So glad you're with us. So glad you're with us today. I thank those of you who are here every day. I love you guys. If you're not here every day, I hope you join us because we have a great time in the Word of God. So God bless you. Thanks for being here. Might the Lord give you strength, encouragement. Might the Lord use you today. We all play a part in advancing the kingdom of God. I pray you'll know your part and do it faithfully. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.